Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, you're back. You showed up on time. That's it. That's right. I know. You made us delay a little bit, but you were here on time when you said you were Well, you know what? I clocked out on the time I needed to clock out, and I'm here as soon as I could, dealing with 385 tracking. I I appreciate the efforts and and you being here again, of course. Um, Man, I want to just, first of all, start the show off by saying thank you. Um, Yes, thank you. As part of the VCC... Uh, you know, we, we helped Jason Everett uh, put on his Chastity Project Love Life Conference this weekend. We had over, you know, 39,000 register and go through it. Amazing. And, yeah. yeah, and it's just the, the comments. I did a couple of live booths, and I had 70, 80 people in there from all over the world. And it was just a blessed, you know, time and experience to get to talk to people about chastity in the marriage and, and single life and sexual ethics and all those things. So, you know, for all those that took part in it, participated, we hope you enjoyed the content. If you bought the premium pass stuff, thank you for that. It went to support, you know, uh, the ministries and Jason's, ours, the presenters. And uh, we just really appreciate you still tuning into those things. And and uh, we hope to keep bringing you more. So just wanted to say thank you for that, you know, first. And, and uh, for those that watched my talk and left the comments they did, it was really touching and humbling. So thank you for that. So, but, you know, this, this past Sunday was Ascension Sunday. Yes. Uh, in case you fell asleep during mass, it was Ascension Sunday. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was reading those readings, and, and you know, yesterday was the holiday, so we didn't record yesterday. We're recording today on a Tuesday, and I've had a couple of days to look over those readings and really read through them. And I just kept hearing the word mission. Like when I thought about what's the show going to be this week, what are we going to talk about, and, and the word mission just keep it kept popping to mind because as you know, I mean, that's that's what Jesus does on Ascension Sunday. He ascends, but before he does. He leaves us with a mission to go out into all into the world, making disciples in all nations and baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but to go out and make disciples. And, you know, as I read all three readings, I just picked up so many points from, from all of them. But from the first one, there was a line where, uh, from Acts, where, you know, Jesus has ascended. And the, and right, the, he gave his final talk. Yeah, and yeah. the uh, yeah, and the apostles are sitting there, standing there, and they're staring up. In fact, the line says, why are you standing there looking at the sky? And it's these two angels that have come down. And I started to think about that. It really just, it kept popping up in my mind over the last couple of days and just stuck there. And I'm like, man, like, why, why is it, why do I keep thinking about that? So I started praying about it, you know, and, and really started putting a pen to paper and, and writing down some feelings and thoughts. And, and uh, it made me realize that, man, there's just a bunch of people that are, that are Christian in this world that we're all still looking at the sky. You know, the same thing as the disciples. The angels are trying to say, look, like, it's time for action. It's time to move. It's time to go. Like, he's not there anymore. He's not sitting here in the sky looking down at you. He's gone. And he'll return that same way one day. But for now, your job is to go out and do what he said. And, you know, I know personally for a long time in my life, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing it at all. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even living a Christian life. But I certainly wasn't going out and living, um, you know, living the mission that Christ gave us. Uh, and it, it's almost like we've we've been given our marching orders, but but a ton of us aren't marching, you know. That we've been sent out, but we we haven't left yet, <laughs> you know. And and so I just I wanted to talk about that today because I think that's where we are as a church. Like 
if we're not careful, we get caught up thinking that just going to church and saying my prayers are enough. You know, we, we become content with the, the walls of our parishes and our activities, and that becomes our faith. Like our Catholic faith is to, to have our me and Jesus time, but then just to stay, refi- you know, uh, confined in our parishes and, and have our own little comfortable Catholicism or Christianity. But the call of Christ is to go out, is to be sent, you know, it's to go out and to, and to bring the gospel to others. And you can do that within your parish. I'm not saying you can't. But if we're not careful, we get caught up in just our own little world of what we're doing, of our own practices and, and our own routine, our own check-the-box moments of this is what I'm doing and, and I'm Catholic and I'm good at, at doing these things. But a lot of times we're not going out and spreading the gospel, t- talking to people about Jesus. You know, and, and a lot of us do great things. We go to soup kitchens. We do other things that, that God has called us to do in serving the poor and clothing the hungry and, and, and I mean, clothing, clothing the poor and feeding the hungry. And, and I'm not saying that that's not evangelizing. That is. But we're called to speak, to share the gospel with people through our own actions, but also through our words. Well, and, and each of the apostles had their own kind of will to follow. I mean, some were stronger in service, some were stronger in speech, and others were stronger in motivating people to gather, create churches. Mm-hmm. And and they all played on each other's strengths and weaknesses. They all helped each other out, and but they all dispersed it went their own way. And even for us, you know, we we have to f- we find our own will that God has set for us. It's different, mm-hmm. you know. My my will that God has set for me is going to be different from many other people, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And and we can't really force ourselves to be like someone we admire because we may not be following what God wants us to do. But mm-hmm. if we're just constant, like you said, internal, you know, we in, we, we we think of God internally and, and we work externally out. Mm-hmm. Um, each living in the present moment, you'll find God's will for you. Sure. And, it, you know, it, it's almost like the evangelization piece is the last thing we need to do as Catholics sometimes or as Christians. You know, everything else is, well, no, I've got to go to this event or I've got to go to that event or, uh, you know, that's my pew. And yeah, that's my... like you're, you're kind of chasing what you yeah. don't need to be chasing. Yeah, yeah, that's my parish. That's my pew. Right. That's my this. That's my... And, and evangelization is at the bottom of the list. And, and a lot of times we think, you know, I've got plenty of time to do this, right? I've got the rest of my life, you know, I, someday I'll start evangelizing. Well, we know with everything, you know, it doesn't matter if you're talking about Christianity or just things in life. When we tell ourselves, you know, that'll eventually happen, it doesn't. You know, often, oh, I'm going to get in shape one day. Well, one day, you know, you might have a heart attack and, you, and that day's gone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's always these things, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. But the thing is like i've got a quote from mother angelica here you know she says you have all eternity to experience the presence of god you know which is what we're doing a lot of times when we're in the parish or doing you know we're experiencing yeah we're experiencing our presence the presence of god in our own individualistic selves and lives and in the things we're doing in our own little world but the rest of the quote this is the whole thing you know i didn't mean to break in there but i wanted to explain that part here's the rest the full quote you have all eternity to experience the presence of god but you have a very short time to do something for him. And to me, that's profound. It, mm-hmm. It's just, we we have this image as if, if we're gonna be on this planet forever, that you know we're all gonna live to be 110. And, and that's just not the truth. Yes, we have a longer life expectancy than, than people before us, but, but that doesn't mean that just because somebody else got 110 years that we're gonna get 80, 60, right. 40. And, and so that's why we always have to be 
reminding ourselves of the call of Christ to go out and to bring others to him. That is what we are here for, is to go out and say, I know someone who loves you more than you'll ever know, who has changed my life, and he can change yours. And that's what we're called to do. But we we think we have this infinite amount of time, and it's something we'll get around to. But that may never come. You know, we have no guarantee. And so we've got to get to work doing that now. Uh, because there's thousands of people. There's people that need us in our in our lives every day that that need us to to live out and to and to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. That may be the 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 moment where you know God wanted to to receive them to to bring them into the kingdom to to bring them into the fold. And we may miss that opportunity if we're not constantly looking for it. And and you know a lot of people when you talk about mission, you know they'll give you excuses. You know and and there are valid excuses. I mean. And, and I want to talk about some of those. Like, why are we not living out our mission? Um, a lot of people say, like, I don't know how, you know, or or I'm not good at that. I'm not. A, I can't speak that way, or I'm I'm uncomfortable with my lack of knowledge of the faith, or what do I say if someone argues with me? And there's all these things that come to mind, and those are going to fall under another category. I'm going to talk about in a minute. But the first thing I want to talk about is, and why we aren't living out our mission is we want to know the plan. Right, like everything in life. If oh, you yeah. say, "Hey, John, uh, I want you to come over. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have something this evening." I immediately am gonna say, "Okay, what are we doing? What are we eating? What time should I be there? What time are we gonna be there too? Can the kids come?" Like we want to know the details of everything. We want to know, like, okay, before I give my yes or before I commit to this, what am I getting involved in, right. and and what are the specifics so that I know for my own comfort and my own, you know, ability to control things what the details are going to be. And we want the same thing when it comes to to living out our evangelical mission, it, to go out and, and, to, and spreading the gospel, is what's the plan? We want that assurance and that control. We want a map. You know, we want us, we want Jesus to show us, and we don't want to spend the time a lot to discern well, and to ask yeah. God, what do you want from us? And, and every decision, if we're honest with each other, we do a risk assessment. Mm-hmm. Every decision is in front of us. We either go, okay, what are the benefits? What are the, mm-hmm. the, the options of doing this successfully? What's going to happen to make me I fail at this? But when you walk with God, there's no risk assessment. You say, all right, let's do this. Yeah. You know, and I was reading, you know, I picked up a book that you gave me a long time ago that I, I put down. And unfortunately, I stopped reading for a while, but Divine Intimacy. Mm-hmm. And today was talk about Mary's uh, apostolate. Mm-hmm. And it really spoke of what you're talking about now, missions, that she had a mission. Unknowingly, she was doing it daily. You mm-hmm. know, but she was so humble in what she was doing that she carried Christ in her womb. But yes, she also, you know, uh, took care of him as an as a, a teenager and all the way to yeah. An adult. She just gave her yes, right? She gave her yes every day. She gave her yes, mm-hmm. and that's what we need to do. We need to give our yes every day and 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 stop doing the risk assessment. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And see, the the thing is, like, even the if you wonder about this or wonder what Jesus, you know, feels about it, he says again and again, don't worry, don't worry. There's, you know, verses in Matthew and Luke that talk about, you know, my father feeds the birds of the air, all these things. He talks about sending the advocate, you know, we're, we're marching towards Pentecost right now where, you know, the disciples receive the spirit and that can be a renewal for us of, of receiving the spirit this Sunday as well. But like, if you look in the readings from the weekend, um, in that first reading from Acts, they ask him. They say, uh, "Are you are you now going to restore the kingdom?" And Jesus responds, 
It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Yeah. That's for my Father in heaven to know. You think they're bummed a little bit? Like, yeah. man, I well, was. Well, you know, they're know. looking for directions. And yeah. he's saying, like, look, you're not listening. You're not what getting do now. it. Yeah. You don't need that. Like, mm-hmm. you need to know that I'm with you always. And then I will, I wish for the good for you. And, and I've given you a mission and I've equipped you to go out and do it. And I'll be sending another who will give you power. And that's, that's what he's, that's what he's told them, you know, but uh, it, it's a call to surrender. You know, it's a call to trust. It's a call for our yes. And, and if we're sitting around waiting for Jesus to show up and say, okay, all right, here's how you evangelize. Step one, da 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 da. Step right. two, da 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 da. Step three, da 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 da. It's not going to happen. Yeah. He's not going to say this is okay. This for this person right there, uniquely, you're going to have to do this. It, we have to quit worrying about that stuff because he gave us a better gift than that, than him showing up and giving us a roadmap for every interaction we have in the faith. He said, "I'm going to give you somebody that's going to speak for you. All you got to do is trust. You got to believe. You got to open up yourself." And allow me, who I am with you always, to give you my advocate so that when you go and you have given your yes, I'm not going to leave you there alone. I'm not going to hang you out to dry. Jesus isn't somewhere laughing going, <laughs> look at him. He thought I was yeah. going to help him up. Look, he's stumbling up there. He's not. He's not going to leave you. If you've given your yes, trust me, he is going to give his. And that's the thing that I think we we get caught up in is because I don't have all the details, because I don't have... Like, I don't know what's going to happen every single second and how this is going to turn out. There's that level of trust, you know, that I, I've got to, I, I have to have that or I'm not going to do it, right? Like I'm, I'm one foot in, one foot out. You know, if I don't know all the things, I'm not showing up. Well, that's not what our faith calls us to. It calls us to a deep trust of, of, of Jesus and that he wills and wants our good. And that because of that, we can go out with confidence and with strength and with courage to share with others and to give our testimony. You know, a lot of times we get caught up in, in the fact of, of well, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and that's going to fall under this next part that I want to talk about is, is why aren't we living out our mission? Because we doubt, mm-hmm. right? It even says in that, in that last, um, gospel, in the gospel reading, which Sunday, was amazing. I, you know, you yeah. read it to me. I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't catch that. They he, he yeah. brought them together and they still what? Yeah. It says they worshiped and they, they worshiped, doubted. They worshiped. They had worshiped him right. with him. And then yet they still what? Yeah, well, they walked yeah. with him for right. for years, and then they saw him raise the dead. They saw him raise himself. They saw him heal the blind and the sick and and lepers and all of these things. And they still go, yeah, you know what? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know? And yeah. and and you can, can you? I mean, but here's the important thing: Jesus still sent them out with their doubts. He didn't go, oh man, like I can't believe this for three years. Like I died and I'm here again. Like what else do I have to do? I mean, how do you, how can you not believe? He goes, you know what? It's okay. You're going out anyway. Mm-hmm. Here's my, here's what I'm telling you to do. Now go do it. You're going to have doubts. That's okay. But here, go. Go out into the world. And and see, I think that a lot of times we think, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm saying. And we start to doubt whether it's doubting what we believe, the faith itself, or we doubt our ability to, to do this. We doubt ourselves. And, and I'm here to tell you um, – you know, it's okay to doubt. I mean, like I said, Jesus still sent them. It's okay to doubt ourselves our to doubt our, ourselves and our abilities. It's okay to be nervous. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, I've gotten up and spoken in, on stages now for a year or two. And sometimes it's, it's you know, 2,000, 3,000 people. Sometimes it's 200. Um, you know, I've done, what, 64 of these podcasts now. And every single time that I go to do these things or these 20-minute talks for these conferences, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I don't think I'm worthy. I don't think I'm anyone near the person that needs to be speaking God's truth to anybody. Uh, you know, I, I doubt horribly 
Why me, Lord? Why? But it's it's not for me to know that. All I know is that he's asked me to do something. He's asked all of us to do something. And the important part is we have to surrender and say yes. Um, because if we don't, then then we're going to miss a lot of these, a lot of the opportunities that he wants to use us to bring other people to him. You know, I'll tell you, one of the live chat rooms I was in this weekend um, for the conference, you know, there's this, this young man, he actually popped in a couple of them. He was from Slovenia, I believe. If I said it wrong, Matea, you know, forgive me. Mm-hmm. But he's this 18-year-old uh, young man, and he sent, you know, he started to talk. And actually, he didn't say anything for the first one. He was very quiet until the end. And I just kind of looked up, and I was like, well, hey, you know, and it said PC on the Zoom thing, so I didn't know if it was his PC or if his name was PC or whatever. I said, is your name PC? Do you want to say anything? And he said, no, actually, my name is Matea. And he said, I'm a, I'm a 18 years old. I'm about to start my senior year of high school. And he said, I really love to listen to you. He said, um, you know, that I actually picked up your podcast. I found it out there on a podcast platform. I started listening to it and then went to the, the site and started watching the daily reflections you do. And they've changed my life. Like I know now that I'm supposed to live for others and I want to give my life to Christ and I want to live for others. And it blew me away. I mean, you talk about a humbling moment. This kid's on the other side of the planet. And he listened and saw something. I did something that at the time when I I recorded it, I I guarantee you, I thought, why am I doing this? This is stupid. I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about. I'm unsure of myself. I'm unworthy. But yet, I went ahead and did it anyway. And it touched this kid's life. And it brought him this conference where thousands of others were and where all these other presenters can touch his life. So maybe if he's struggling with something, he saw all these other people. I'm not the only one. They struggle too. It's just It brought him to a place that could take him even further than what I did in those videos. And if you're listening right now or when you will be when this thing goes out, uh, Matea, I, I thank you for that. And I thank you for listening and, and for the blessing that you were in my life this weekend. And, and I'm so glad that what we've done here has helped you. But it's such an example of, of what can happen when we give our yes or what can happen if we don't, you know, who's to say that, that that same thing would have happened to him if it hadn't been for our yes, Victor, to do this. And I'm not patting ourselves on the back. I'm just trying to say that, look, like we never know what the impact is that we're going to have. We only expected four people listen to us when we started this. But one thing you can know is if you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. Exactly. That's the one thing you can be sure of. And that's what a lot of us are doing. We're still standing here looking up at the sky, waiting to just for Jesus to come back or waiting for the next thing or, or you know, this this you know rolled up scroll will fall from the sky that says, hello, John, it's Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Follow these steps and have a good day. You'll be all right. And yeah. yeah, and it's not going to happen. Like we're called to be active in our faith. We live in a faith that, that, that desires works to go along with it and, and, and to, to make us go out and do things to, to live this in our lives, not for it to be something for us just on Sundays or when we're meeting with our men's group or women's group or our Knights of Columbus or whatever it is, but to go out and to do what Christ has called us and to know that we can do it with the confidence that he is with us, that he's walking with us. And I got to tell you something like, you know, if you and me were going to go somewhere and you said, all you got to do is drive and I'm going to do the rest of the work. I'd probably be like, okay, that sounds good. I get to hang out with you and you're going to do most of the work. Well, that's what Jesus is saying, right? You're in my hands and my feet. Like I'm not physically here on earth anymore in the flesh. You've got to go out. But once you take me to where I need you to go, I'm going to do the rest. You just got to believe in me. And you got to believe that I'm never going to leave you alone and I'm never going to fail you. And I'm not going to set you up. 
This isn't something like the rest of the world where you can always wonder if there's if I should be suspect of something. Mm-hmm. You can always trust in me. And with that, you can go and you can change lives in this world and you can live out your purpose. And we, you're talking about the motivation of the Holy Spirit because I think there's there's two ways that I've I find my life be motivated. One of the heart, two of the mind. And I often find myself when I'm motivated to do something with my mind or the head as it is, mm-hmm. it's usually in selfish reasons. But when I, when I feel this motivation from my heart burning within me, I, I really do believe it's the Holy Spirit urging me to do something, mm-hmm. you know, to say something that, to help somebody. Um, and that's, that's not a selfishness, that's un, being unselfish, mm-hmm. you know, me giving freely for somebody. Right. And, and that's kind of what you're, you're, you're referring to. The mission is like, look, yeah, I don't, may not know everything up here, but my heart or where the heart condition is or the soul dwells within us is being motivated by the Holy Spirit sure. to say, yes, you may not think you're ready, but I know you're ready. Yeah. Amen. And that's, but that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, formation is good. All of us need to form, but that formation is supposed to call us out into the ministry. You know, it's supposed to allow us to go out and to be able to do this into, into evangelize, not just sit there and say, I'm collecting this formation, but to go out, it's meant to, to send us out. And, and, and that that's what the Holy Spirit is here to do is to move us, to, to give us that fire, to give us that courage uh, to be able to speak what we need to speak. Yeah, maybe you can't speak in tongues, but but it gives you the ability to speak in another way that you wouldn't. I always, when I record talks, I go back and a lot of times I'm like, I don't remember saying that. And that certainly wasn't in my notes. I didn't plan that. And that moment, the hair on my arm stood up. Right, because it wasn't a peer. It was coming from right. the, the, the Well, soul, it came the from the spirit. Yeah, it, right. came, it was spirit-led. Right. And so when we're building ourselves up, we should be building ourselves and opening ourselves up to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's an amazing thing. I mean, I really, every single time, I, I, the hair on my arm stands up, and I know, like, what just came out of my mouth wasn't me. It was something that was given to me by the Holy Spirit to share with these people on this day at this time, and it's nowhere on anything I ever wrote down. And I'm telling you, I, I would have never believed it if I didn't experience it myself. That same thing can happen to you in a one-on-one conversation just as easily as it happens on a stage for people. Uh, the Spirit is not going to leave you out to dry. And, and and Jesus even tells you that. He says, I'm with you always until the end of the age. And John Paul II, there's a quote here that says, the, tradi- the true Christian can nurture a true optimism because he is certain of not walking alone. In sending us Jesus, the internal Son made man, God has drawn near to each of us. In Christ, he has become our traveling companion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the thing that we always need to realize. When those fears come, when the devil comes in and tells you, what are you doing? You know, care about your own self. Don't get involved over there. Or if you go over there, what are you going to say? You're going to sound like an idiot. They're going to ask you a question you can't answer. And then they're going to go, yeah, okay, I want to be Christian. You got to quit worrying about all that stuff. You have to trust and you have to understand that, that God, Jesus would not have said, I'm sending you out. He would not have left if he wasn't going to leave us with the power we needed. And that's what I love in that verse when he says, you will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you, when he tells him that before he leaves. And we have to trust in that. We have to trust with everything in our life, in our hearts that that when that I'm not I'm not testing God here. I'm believing in what he's told me. And I'm going to live my life in that manner. And I'm telling you, once you start doing that and you find out what joy it is to bring Christ to others, when you could start, and it doesn't have to be in some massive way, but just by walking with someone, making disciples. I mean, that's something that we're truly not doing very well 
in the Christian world today. We're not making disciples. We're becoming Catholic or Christian and doing the things that we always did with our families. But are we going out and multi- spiritually multiplying, right? Helping bring others and, and bring others into the faith so that they can they can be a part of this and we're growing the kingdom, which was the entire part of the plan. Right. It's exactly what what Christ asked of us. So we can't sit here and be afraid. You know what? Everybody's scared. I mean, I guarantee you the first time that Paul went out, he was probably a little nervous, right? Here I am, all these people looking at me. I've killed all these people and they're probably going to be freaking out of what, I don't know whether to run or why this, or hang around to see what this guy's going to say. And yet he he got up there and he started making some of the biggest impact in the church ever. And each one of us are called to that. Peter was a guy who who was probably, un, I mean, he was unsure of himself. You could see it all through the Bible. And yet he walked out after Pentecost and, and thousands were converted that day with him speaking. The same thing could happen in our life if we just trust in it. And it doesn't mean that we've got to be on a stage. It could be through our actions and through our conversations with individuals. But we have to stop looking up at the sky, staring at the sky. Jesus has gone. He's left us with a mission. He's always here with us. He's always present in the Eucharist. Yeah. But he has gone and said, it's now time for you to be my hands and my feet. And so we have to go out and do just that. And we can go forward with confidence and know that all we have to do is give our yes. Because he's told us that you have the power, that I've entrusted this to you, and you're going to be successful at it. So we just have to quit worrying about our own, you know, our own ineptness or our own inadequacies. Because we all have them. Right. That's the lie of the devil. If you keep listening to that, you're never going to do what God's asked you to do. You know, you're never going to go out and, and bring others to the faith. So you got to tune that voice out and listen to the promises that Christ has made us. You know, he has never gone back on any of his words, and he never will. He, he wants us to do the things. He wants to please his Father. And he, and he left us with a mission, that, a mission that helps us do that. So as we close here, once again, you know, I just want to thank everybody for this weekend listening. Uh, if, if you're new to Just Got on the Pew and this is your first podcast, we got 63 more. You can go to the website, justagotonthepew.com, and see the videos, all the podcasts, articles that have been written, uh, any of the other talks that I've done out on the road that are up there. And we just, in, you know, invite you to enjoy that. You know, there's some T-shirts and things you can buy there if you want to support the ministry uh, as part of Pew Ministries, a, a for nonprofit. Guys and girls. Yeah, for guys and girls. Right. We have a girls option now. Those should be coming in this week and looking forward to getting those out to everybody and distributing them. But I will say, just in closing here, you know, brothers and sisters, like we, we have to stop looking up at the sky. We have to start to realize that we have a role to play in the plan of salvation, and we got to get to work doing it. So That's right. for all you listening out there, thank you. Once again, you can go to Just a Guy in the Pew at uh, justguyinthepew.com, and let's take all this to prayer, Victor. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you have called us to not only live out the gospel in our lives, but to share it with others. If we aren't careful, though, we can get caught looking up at the sky. Help us to remember that the mission of evangelization requires action on our part. And Father, whenever our doubts or our fears about the plan surface, remind us that you are with us always. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.